Monday, Matas Masi, Shir 22, we are holding number 60 over here in our conversation. And we're trying to figure out, basically the young man asks the Chacham that even though the theory never made any sense, but he was impressed by the prestige of the scientists that backed up the theory. So that Lachari should look at the man and respect what the man believes in. And the Chacham tells him, he says, this is another aspect of the foolishness of the nations. We've seen nation busy with idolatry, with cruelty, with war, with arrogance, falsehood. Many, many stages, very powerful nations went through. Evolution is just another stage in the history of the darkness of the nations. If not for the thick cloud of the falsehood, everyone would see clearly, study nature and realize it's impossible that it should be evolution. You would see very, very clearly like Avraham Avinu saw through the, 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 the possibility that there shouldn't be a creator. But since evolution creates such darkness, so it's impossible... Any miracle, any nace of the world wouldn't impress these people because they try to quote-unquote explain it to fit their narrative. And he asks, so the young man asks, is, there's no, is there no way to, to go through, to penetrate the darkness? Is there no way to, to demonstrate the truth? So he tells them, there is, there's plenty of ways, but they're going to ignore it because... We gave pretty, we, we're, we're at number 61 already, we gave many reasons why it's impossible, but they don't care. Men who are not biased are impressed when they're told of an animal that's able to shoot a terrible smell against his enemies, that's a skunk, or an animal that has arrows against its enemies, that's a porcupine, or an animal that can put poison into his enemies, through two hollow teeth that are like needles, also a creation of their Bani Shalom, that's a snake, or an animal that squirts out an ink to protect it from the people that are, from the ones that are chasing it, that's a squid, or an animal which makes electric shocks to shock its enemies, that's an eel, or an animal that can turn on an awful light, which it is, which it has inside its stomach, that's a firefly. And these are pretty uh, impressive animals. He's just picking a few. It's pretty impressive things that animals can do. And they ignore it. Nothing is going to change in these people's minds because they don't care about the facts. They have an objective over here. They, they, basically they're blinding themselves against the evidence of the organic world, meaning the way the world runs. But there are plenty of marvels that a person can study and see uh, the truth. But they also, and so far they haven't been able to, evolutionists haven't been able to explain it. And if you study certain, certain examples of the systems in the world, you'll see also the brilliance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as opposed to the organic world. And he gives an example. The rain cycle, the way the rain works. He says the way the water of the earth is made is a cycle composed of many factors 
And the only way that it operates is because the factors complement each other. If one factor was missing, the entire cycle wouldn't function. Meaning, the sun pulls all the water up in evaporation, which we take for granted, but it's really amazing that the sun is like a pump, but it doesn't even actually have to pump. There's a concept called evaporation, which really makes no sense, and it's, it, it works for our benefit that a guy has wet clothing. If you'd have to dry the clothing, we'd never be able to be dry. The Benishim created a system that water just disappears. Why should it be like that? That's a system the Benishim created, that you have water that get into the clouds. Now the wind, besides the other things that the winds do, which we'll see, they're conveyor belts. They bring the clouds over the earth. That's how the clouds move through the wind. The rain that falls waters the land, and the force of gravity causes the extra rain to run down to the sea, right? Because else we'd have floods, like they had a Muncie. If you if you wouldn't if it wouldn't be every time be, it would rain it would flood. But the Benishim created a system that everything goes down to the ocean, and then the cycle repeats. And all life depends on this cycle. If the sun was smaller, then the rate of evaporation would be too small to supply the earth with rain. If the sun was further away, it would have the same problem. It wouldn't be close enough to pull the liquid, the water. If the sun was larger or closer, it would happen too quickly, and everything would just be dehydrated because the water would all disappear. If the winds wouldn't function, then the rain would be unequal, meaning certain parts would get more and certain parts would get less. If the force of gravity was as light as it is on other planets, like other planets have very light gravity, then the rain wouldn't fall, and therefore it wouldn't, right, part of the rain falling is based on gravity, and it wouldn't be able to go down to the sea to start a new cycle. So basically the seas would empty out. If it was stronger, then the rain would come down like, like rocks, and it would smash uh, everything that's happened. If you have very powerful rain, very, very strong, and it's pulled with a huge force, it would destroy plants, it would destroy uh, many things on the earth. So that's the Amish perfectly balanced. If the earth turned more slowly, right, he's going with the assumption that the earth turns, the way the scientists assume, if the earth turned slowly, then the day, more slowly, then the day would be long, longer, and the, and the plants would be dehydrated. If there's too much sun, the plants would be dehydrated. So you have Mamish, a machine cycle over here, with a pump, that's the sun, that pulls up the water, a reservoir that holds the water, that's the sea, and the pipes that bring the water, that's the wind and the gravity. So, if someone looks at something, if someone just studies something like this, and you're a little bit honest, and you'll maybe say, you know, maybe take a step back and say, maybe it's not as simple as it seems. He gives another example. What about the winter? In the olden days, it used to snow in the winter. So when it snows, you have, what's the point of snow? Because it keeps the ground insulated. Because it stops the ground from freezing, everything underground from freezing. And the white, why does snow have to be white? Why does snow have to be white? Why can't it be black? So it happens to look nice. But the reason why snow is white is because it keeps away the sun's rays and stops it from melting. We don't want the sun to melt right away because or else the roots that are underground from the plants that are going to grow in the spring 
are going to die. So you need snow to cover the roots. And the snow is white to stop the snow from melting. So, it, right, black pulls in the snow, sun's rays. White it pushes off the sun's rays. So that's how the, um, the earth and the insects, there's things that live underground. How are they able to exist in the freezing cold? Tyrant says the snow. So therefore the snow is there to protect what's going on in the ground. When it's spring, so then the snow melts slowly, and then you have enough water to support whatever's underground. And he says, basically, if you look at it from an objective perspective, he says, basically, you have a blanket which keeps you warm at night, and in the morning, you, it just, you could eat up the blanket. That's basically what it is. It keeps the earth warm, and in the morning, it keeps the earth warm, and in the morning, meaning in the spring, it just disintegrates. It goes into the earth, and the earth eats it. So it's not much if you think about it. You have a blanket. And if you don't imagine if you had a blanket, you don't have a place to keep it. So he says that's that's mamish what snow is. And if you look, we say in davening, hanaisin sheleg katzamer, right? Hanaisin sheleg katzamer. Anybody recognize that pasuk? Hanaisin sheleg katzamer. Why do we use the term hanaisin sheleg katzamer? Because it's snow is like wool. It keeps the the um, the uh, ground warm. So it's not a, it's not just a metaphor. It's not just a muscle. It's literally what it is. Wool, well, snow is like wool that keeps the ground warm. That the everything that's going on under the ground should be able to stay warm even in the winter. So it's an amazing thing that people walk outside, they see snow, and they say, Ive, I'm not going to be able to drive." That's what we care about. And you explain a little bit, and you realize that without snow, we wouldn't have anything growing. So you see a perfect example of the chachma of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that people can choose to ignore.